0: Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. We've got another full show for you as we're talking about a Spider-Man homecoming trailer, uh Captain Marvel and her costume and how it connects to Ant-Man. We've got some comments from Angela Bassett, as well as a new feature where we run down every season of the Marvel TV shows, counting down two defenders. And then finally our main discussion will be over Punisher and what we want to see in netflix newest show that's what we've got coming up for you this is the mcu exchange podcast and you wouldn't like me when i'm angry <music> all right guys welcome on back we've got adam and rihanna as usual and i want to start with a quick uh, note about schedule and such Um, This week we are releasing on Friday as per usual. Very soon we are talking about changing our schedule so that we will record on Sundays and release the podcast on Monday mornings. Uh, There's several reasons for that, including personal reasons, but the biggest is that that's a change that needs to happen for this fall anyway. With Inhumans and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. airing on Friday evenings, it just makes a lot more sense for us to be able to talk about those things kind of fresh on Sunday and give it to you Monday morning. If we released on Friday morning, all that conversation would be old about the moment you got it. So that's going to be the change. Um, we may make that change as early as next week. Like I said, it also helps some of our personal schedules as well. And so that may happen if you get to next Friday and you have not seen a podcast. That's probably just because we're going to move it to Mondays. So uh, just wait for it on Mondays and we will have it for you. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into our news because we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We'll start out with the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. This week we got a new trailer and a new poster, both an international and domestic poster, as well as we got a little uh, glimpse into the uh, Spider Man fanfare that we're going to get over the Marvel logo. So um, let's just talk about the trailer real quick. I don't feel like it was that exciting of a trailer. Adam, do you feel like we uh, got anything much out of this or any thoughts about this new trailer?
1: Not much at all. I really like the international one better, uh, truth be told, with the uh, kind of logging type stuff. Uh, I really like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, well, we got
0: 10 seconds of new footage of that, maybe. Rhiannon, do you have thoughts on it?
2: No, I actually have been deciding if I want to watch it or not. I have managed not to watch it yet because I was worried about spoilers and just sort of seeing too much. So what do you guys think? Should I continue to abstain or should I watch it?
0: Don't watch it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it's super spoilery. Um, We're down to a point now where um, I I don't feel like I've seen any plot details, but there are little action beats, um, like little movements that he makes or ways that he interacts with the villain or kind of like money shot action shots. And I'm seeing those in these trailers and I don't want to see those in the trailers. I am ready to be done seeing anything. I know everything I need to know. Don't need anything more. And so, yeah, I would be perfectly happy to have not seen it. I almost didn't watch it but then I did, so yeah, I don't think you're missing anything from, from skipping over. Cool.
2: Yeah, because I noticed like when I was sitting in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, the whole movie in the back of my mind it was, Oh, there's gonna be the scene with Brute hitting the red button. When is that gonna come up? Like it just sort of like I I enjoyed the movie experience wonderfully. But I hated having that in the back of my mind. And I'm the type of person that I'll see one little detail like that, and I the whole movie will be like, okay, well, when the, when's when's that going to happen? When's that going to happen? So, yeah, I, I probably won't watch it then.
0: Now, I did really like when we saw, um, apparently over the Marvel fanfare at the beginning of this film, they're going to have this big orchestral version of the 1960s classic uh, Spider-Man Theme from the cartoon which I thought was a great touch and it's a perfect way to kind of throw back to the history of Spider-Man and the 60s feel and the high school feel I just I feel like it just encapsulates what Marvel's attempting to do with this movie are you guys pretty pumped to hear the uh, good old Spider-Man theme
2: I loved that and it, it even made me like I wondered I was like how do I even know this theme Cause I don't feel like I grew up watching Spider Man cartoons or anything, and I swear I had to have known that theme before the Homer Simpson Spidey Pig scene. <laughs> like, but that that theme, like, I heard it and I was like, "Yes, that is Spider Man, and that is an awesome orchestral version." So I'm I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, there's a really great YouTube video um, of a guy talking about the different scores of the Marvel movies and why they're pretty bland and uninteresting and at the end of it he says there is one piece of Marvel music that is not uninteresting and everybody remembers it even though it's really old and the video just ends with like his street interview people singing that song because it's so classic and like you said a ton of people know it who've never even watched the show it was on and so it's it's really cool to see him bring it back so moving on to our next news bit Stan Lee was talking some about Infinity War this week, and uh, he mentioned that there was going to be at least one, if not multiple new characters in Infinity War. Do you think that's uh, anybody exciting? Or um, do you think Stan's just uh, getting a little <laughs> a little older in the <laughs> years here and maybe talking about things he shouldn't be talking about?
2: My favorite thing about that article was that like, his assistant stepped aside or stepped in and was like you need to stop talking now
0: it's kind of sad too <laughs> like <laughs> Let's just... it's kind of sad like that he's got a handler now that's like stan now come on stan we've talked about this you're not gonna get your ice cream if you talk about this
2: no no can't give away all the company secrets grandpa Come on.
1: Let the uh record reflect that was in Des Moines, Iowa. So uh, a little, little Iowa in the national news this week, guys. How about that? Were
2: you there, Adam? That was my first thing. I was like, "This I, is in Des Moines. Why no. wasn't Adam there?"
1: Truth be told, I didn't even know that there was a con, let alone Stan being at it. I'm like, oh, "What?" <laughs> I really didn't know. um But yeah, it's one of those Wizard World ones. So I don't think it was much of anything. I think. Uh, John Hedder was there as well. I saw someone got a picture of John Hedder and he ate... There's actually this burger joint called Zombie Burger. Um, and he was eating there and they made him a special quesadilla. Um, that's how I actually found out <laughs> that there was a Comic-Con.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's... A- that should be like episode 589 of the MCU Exchange podcast. As we'll talk about who John Hedder should be cast as <laughs> in the MCU.
1: That'd be amazing.
0: But yeah, I mean... um. It was
1: kind of weird at uh, a C2E2, him and Frank Miller were on the panel, and yeah, it was just kind of obviously Stan, what, stands ninety two, ninety three. Um You know, how much do they actually tell him? Does he know for sure that there's going to be someone big in there? I mean, he could mean someone like Captain Marvel, which, I mean, we all, it's essentially confirmed at this point, you know, um, it's just going to be kind of like, oh, cool, you know, um, she's in it. Yeah. But then again, it could be someone big like Doctor Doom or Reed Richards or Silver Surfer or Wolverine or whatever. Probably not that (laughs) big, but, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm still holding out. Maybe, maybe Adam Warlock. I still want to say he's going to be in there, even though James Gunn says he's not, but he might be. Since they lied to us about Yandu. So, you know, anything's possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when I look at this stuff, like, my first impression is of course there's going to be new people in this movie. There's a very good chance that we're going to see Carol Danvers for the first time. And there's also about a 100% chance we're going to see the Black Order in some way, shape, or form. So, those are all new characters. I think what's interesting is, is there a new character that we're not expecting? And the only reason I think that Stan could know something interesting. Is that they have now started down this Stan as a watcher or watcher informant path. And so I could see that if they are going to bring in any Fantastic Four people, Stan should be there for that. His cameo should involve that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think that's likely. I still think that his cameo might require him to interact with a new character. And that's why he knows. I don't I don't think he's getting secret. Uh, I don't think the Russos call him every time they make a decision. If for no other reason than they're, you know, they don't let the actors know what's happening. I don't yeah. think they let Stan know what's well, happening. Well,
2: but how do you think his royalties work as far as, like, do you think, is it just that Marvel owns all of those characters and he gets some sort of royalty if they use, as far as if it's a character he created? Is there possibly some separate... Way that he would know, you know, like, hey, we've decided to use this character, you created it, therefore.
0: So, I don't know specifically with Stan, uh, I could look it up, I, yeah. I don't, you know, it'll take too long for the podcast. But I know a lot of these old time creative guys now get paid a set salary. Uh, there was kind of some disputes back in like the late 90s, early 2000s with guys like Stan Lee who created these characters that were now making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office. And Marvel and DC stepped in with a lot of these creator types and they said, here, listen, you stop suing us for more money and we're going to give you a set salary every year for the rest of your life until you die. And then we'll give it to your kids, Okay, you know, of whatever. So many hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. And but it kind of was like, but you don't you don't get the royalties every time we do something. Um, because it was just getting very difficult to constantly fight legal battles with these comic creators. So that's my understanding of the situation, is a lot of them have moved into new situations where they're not getting royalties per se, they're getting salaries for the rest of their life. So That makes sense. Yeah, we kind
1: of saw that with uh, Jim Starlin too. I know there was a big fuss where he got a, I think he posted on Facebook about how little he got from, rather he got more for creating stuff. Whoever that is. I think Batman versus Superman. He was one of the bad dudes in that or something. And he earned so much. DC paid him so much for that. Marvel hardly paid him anything for Thanos. or I think he did uh, create a Drax and Gamora as well. Um, but that must have been resolved now. Because I know he is uh, posting pictures with James Gunn and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not good PR for Marvel to mess with it, so. Uh, I can see where they try to make those guys happy. Uh, this morning we got some new news about Captain Marvel, and it came from a really unexpected source. Uh, you may know that Marvel has a variety of scientists and experts from different fields that they hire for their films as consultants, and the reason they bring these people on is so that the science of the MCU actually looks like real science to some degree instead of just something fantastical. And so this guy worked on Ant-Man and helped them really think about the quantum realm. And in the interview, it was kind of a fluffy interview where he talked about why Ant-Man could defeat Superman. And I didn't think there was a whole lot of interest in it. But then there was a point where he said, yeah, the quantum realm was really important. We set it up in Ant-Man and they dealt with it a little bit in Doctor Strange. And I know they're having me consult a lot now on Captain Marvel. And it was kind of like one of those Easter eggs that gets uh, buried in an interview that you don't expect. We have not heard a lot about Captain Marvel. She has a very complicated backstory and origin. And so how much of that was going to make the film, we didn't know. But apparently there is something in her origin that is going to be related to uh, the quantum realm. And uh, kind of the old microverse that they used to talk about in Ant-Man that we saw in the Ant-Man film. Somehow her power is going to be related to that. Uh, Jeremiah on the site then went back and looked at some details about some things, uh, including some costume descriptions of Captain Marvel that talked about her having these red gauntlets on her arms. And so now we're starting to think that maybe she will have the classic Captain Marvel negabands. There are these bracelets that like harness energy and and back in the day used to uh, send Rick Jones to the negative zone and all sorts of craziness. Adam, I know this cosmic stuff is, is kind of more up your alley. Uh, are you excited about the idea that uh, Captain Marvel might have negabands or somehow be related to like cosmic energies very, very, via gauntlets on her bracelets? Yeah,
1: I think it's a good move on Marvel's part. It's essentially uh, bringing uh, Green Lantern <laughs> to the screen before the Green Lantern movie comes out in 2020 or whenever it's supposed to be. But um, I'm excited for it. When do we get Rick Jones? Can we get him already?
0: Uh, Yeah, I want Rick Jones, like I said last week on the comic storylines, I want to have Rick Jones so that in five years, a season of Jessica Jones can deconstruct Rick Jones. You know, like, I'm just, I'm ready for it to happen, so.
1: He needs to be that guy. He needs to be the new Stanley, just have a cameo in every single movie. And he needs to be played by John Hedder, too. (laughs)
0: Exactly. That'd be the perfect role for (laughs) him. That would be the, uh, the way to bring John Hedder to the MCU as Rick Jones. Oh, uh, we need to start. Uh, we don't have that many Twitter followers, but that'd be a great hashtag campaign. Like, you know, Hedder as, as Rick Jones. Uh, it would just be the most random thing ever to bug people like James Gunn and Kevin Feige with. Let's do it. We'll get to that. It'll go viral. Speaking of Ant-Man, we did have some more news coming in uh, for that film. It's going to start filming just in another month or two now. Uh, We're getting only about 14 months out from Ant-Man and the Wasp release date. I don't think there's a whole lot to discuss. A lot of the cast is returning. I think all of Scott Lang's kind of criminal crew is coming back, which is interesting because I don't think we necessarily know that this is going to be a, a heist caper kind of movie. Like, it may not even be. So what exactly will their role be? That'll be fascinating. Uh, Evangeline Lilly is also talking about getting fitted for the Wasp costume, which I think a lot of people are excited to see in action. I guess my th- thought, I mean, since we see this, we haven't talked about it much. Do you guys have any idea where this movie is going? Because as I wrote up the uh, TI casting thing this week, I realized that between the fact that it's right after Infinity War and because the first one was kind of very heavily stylized towards being a heist film and a lot of other factors. I have absolutely zero idea where this movie is going or who the villain will be or anything Do either of you like have any idea of what's up with this, or is this going to be kind of a total mystery to for us for a little bit longer?
2: I have a feeling they're going to play with the quantum realm. <laughs> um, I mean, they're going to bring um, the the mom in in some way. And one of the articles that I wrote up this week was about um, one of the cast members talking about, and I don't remember which one it was, it was one of the ones in the uh, gang of, um, the heist gang, um, talking about that they were going to go places Marvel has never gone before, and that they have some cool things planned. And there was news about... They've gone big, they've gone small, now they're looking at going in other directions, so I'm wondering if they're gonna play with time travel or something in that regard. Um, but I kind of feel like I have a feel of it. I mean more than more than even i mean i I guess because it's a sequel, I at least have a feeling of what this universe is gonna be. uh, I don't know about the villain, but i I feel like. My guess is there is going to be some sort of like time travel type situation.
1: I know little to nothing about Ant-Man, um, but time travel would totally rule.
2: And I have no idea in the comics if they did anything like that, or what all his powers were, what directions Pym technology can take them. But
0: So what I would love to see, and I don't think we're going to see this, but I would love to see it, is uh, I want him to make a Godzilla-style, like, kaiju... Like, go ahead and let Ant-Man and the Wasp get really, really big, like the size of Skyscraper big, and just bring in, like, Fing-Fang-Foom or something like that. Just I, I want to see, like, dragons and dinosaurs in San Francisco, and I want to see Ant-Man, like, pick up the Golden Gate Bridge and, like, beat a monster over the head with it. I think that would be awesome. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but um, that would be really exciting. I don't know why I find that so interesting, but I do. That would be amazing.
2: More mass destruction for them to never reference in another Marvel product.
0: <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, Black Panther here for a minute in the news. Angela Bassett just did an interview where she talked about uh, what's going on in that movie, and she didn't say a whole lot uh, that's particularly new. Um, she mostly said that it's going to be really awesome and the cast is going to be really good. Um, I wanted to bring it up because we're excited about Black Panther and I feel like we haven't talked about it in a while, Uh, but it does look uh, very interesting. She also talked a lot about the uh, the female cast and how there's going to be a lot of great strong women characters in it. So um, do you guys have any thoughts about Black Panther today or Angela Bassett or any of those things?
2: Not really. I'm just really psyched about it.
1: Yeah, ditto. I mean, it's I don't want to say it's the movie I'm most looking forward to. Um, but it probably is actually outside of Aquaman, but that's besides the point. Black Panther. I mean, the cast—we've never had a cast that's this good in first film. I don't think, or first part of uh, what's surely gonna be a trilogy, maybe. Um, you know, I'm excited. I mean, so much
0: talent. Yeah, I think I'm really excited. Just uh, stylistically, the kind of movie they're trying to make. It seems like they're going to do, like, a geopolitical thriller. I know I grew up really loving um, the Jack Ryan movies with Harrison Ford. And uh, it feels like we haven't had a movie like that in a long time. And so something that has kind of a Bond feel to it, but also sort of a, you know, uh, Tom Clancy novel kind of feel to it. I think that'll be really cool, so I'm excited for that. Uh, we also got some InHuman stuff this week, and this is this is really bizarre. So there is somebody with a Twitter account who is leaking stuff from InHumans, and most of it is, like, wordmarked or somehow, like, uh, clearly been kind of stolen and not supposed to be stuff we see. Oddly enough, the mark on it is Scott B., which... You know, I mean, I can't believe they actually stole it from Scott Buck, but it seems to be like the joke that they're playing on us. I don't know. Um, but also the the Twitter account, it's uh, I think it's at um, at are you inhuman or something like that. They're also releasing a lot of pictures and videos of the cast, like eating personal dinners together. And so, like, they're getting good photos and, and video. I, I can't really tell what's happening here. But they released um, what appears to be what the footage was at uh, the ABC Upfront. And it's disappeared now since we've seen it. Um, have you guys seen that footage? And what would you think of it?
2: I saw it. Um, and and this, this account, like, definitely. And, and they're not even, like, trying. They're tagging the official accounts when they upload this stuff. So... Not even like they're trying to hide that they're sneaking this stuff out or anything. Right, but Um,
0: ABC has taken down some of their stuff too, which is weird.
2: Yes, yes. Um, But anyways, I saw the trailer. I, I don't remember, you know, I didn't get to watch it 50 million times. I assumed that it would be coming out, like, pretty soon after they leaked that. And I could watch it without the watermark and everything. Um. So I don't have really strong feelings like you couldn't see. It, it didn't move me
1: incredibly one way or another. I did not see it. <gasps> I know. I didn't see this or the runaway. runaways. i found another low quality thing at Runaways somewhere. But I still haven't seen this in human stuff. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see it in humans. What's going on?
0: I mean I think it looks fine. Um one of the things that I am impressed by is I feel like some shows, the lighting and cinematography is very clearly, like, TV cinematography, if that makes sense. Uh, whereas there's more, like, a theatrical look that shows have. And I felt like a lot of what I saw felt theatrical. Uh, if nothing else, the the sets and the detail to the sets, uh, pretty well done. I mean, I thought that the, the sets were really well made. Um, I didn't mind the stuff where they're running around in the jungle, kind of predator style. That seemed, it's not what I expected from Inhumans, but it didn't look bad either. Uh, There is one little action beat where uh, Gorgon kicks somebody and Karnak sort of hits someone in the head. And both of them were only like two seconds, but they did feel very true to the characters. And so there was a lot in it to make me feel a little bit better about things. Um, the stuff that I'm unsure of, like the plot and why they're running around as fugitives from the law in Honolulu, that stuff is, it is what it is. And so I've sort of already dealt with that. So,
2: I mean, there was just like the little clip, like, so I got to see this in more, you know, uh, more detail. I got to watch it over and over of Lockjaw and Black Bolt teleporting yeah. into the street in what looks like Hawaii. And there was a lot to like think about with that, you know. It shows the way they're going to do teleporting in the show. It gave you a nice look at Anson's facial features as Black Bolt and how he reacts to situations. You see Lockjaw in all of his underbite glory, and uh, yeah. So there, I, I did enjoy that. I mean, there was stuff to get out of that.
0: Yeah, and the Lockjaw effect is unusual. Um, I think a lot of people just assumed uh, that it was going to be, um, you know, like kind of the uh, Nightcrawler or or Gordon from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like Banff kind of thing. And it looked a little different. It almost looked like it like swooped in um, in kind of a weird way. And so uh, I, I know some people didn't like it. I didn't mind it. I think it's kind of cool that teleportation doesn't always look the same. uh, And I thought that was kind of fun. And so uh, we'll see. I I think I am giving them a lot of credit because ABC very clearly does not want to show us this info yet. And clearly it's getting leaked. And I'm kind of a believer in, um, like when it comes to what I watch or what I don't watch in the build up to a TV show, I trust the director and the marketing team That if they show me a trailer, that's what they want me to see. And if they don't want me to see it, then I don't want to see leaked stuff. And so, I mean, I watched this because I was so interested. But generally speaking, uh, I'm not going to slam this show or be upset about, say, the visual effects of Lockjaw or Triton, who we saw for a very quick glimpse in this. Um, Because I think the reason ABC doesn't want me to see this is because they don't want me to freeze frame a unfinished VFX trailer and if they don't want me to see that and it's not finished yet I'm not gonna judge it and get all upset about it based on it being an unfinished product like I just don't feel like it's fair to look at an artist's sketch instead of letting them finish the painting if that makes any sense so all right um our last little bit of Defenders news um there was a couple more things that we heard about what's going on with Defenders um, one was that the show will be both grounded and mystical, which kind of made me nervous, but given what they've done in Daredevil, that was uh, that's okay with me. Uh, they also teased a Jessica Jones and Luke Cage uh, relationship return. So, uh, Rhiannon, are you okay with grounded and mystical at the same time? And do you want uh, Jessica and Luke together in the end?
2: I officially hate anything with the word grounded in it. <laughs> As I think I've mentioned a couple times. Um, but, I mean, if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be the Netflix MCU. I'm okay with grounded and mystical. You know, I'm envisioning it's going to be a lot like the second half of Daredevil. Um, or, unfortunately, some of Iron Fist. Just because it has all that mystical hand stuff going on. So, I'm okay with that. Um, Luke and Jessica, I mean, they're in-game. They have to end up together. I, for anybody that's read the comics, they have to end up together, and I don't mind if there's some bumps in the road while they get there. But yeah, I'm happy to hear that they might happen.
1: Oh yeah, grounded makes me so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm ex-
2: you're kicked off the podcast now.
1: <laughs> I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I don't think it'll get too mystical. I mean, maybe it could, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say what I was going to say. So maybe
0: it could, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. So what I find really interesting going back. So I've been, if you haven't been paying attention on the website, I've been doing a series of features on, uh, I've been basically rewatching all the old Netflix shows, and every week I'll write up a little reflection on the four or five episodes I've seen that week. And the thing that I find really interesting about the Netflix is it's easy to talk about it as like gritty and grounded, but it's fascinating that like Daredevil and Jessica Jones never made any apologies for the sci-fi or comic book elements. Like Matt from day one is a blind guy that can move around like Batman and can hide in the shadows and can disappear and can throw around Billy Clubs and they bounce off stuff and they come back to him like cap shield. Jessica Jones can jump up the side of buildings and has incredible strength. And Luke Cage, you know, takes a saw to his side and doesn't get hurt. Like they do a lot of comic book stuff really early, really thoughtlessly on those shows. Not like thoughtlessly, like they did it badly, but in that they just, it's not like they're trying to apologize to you for superhero powers. But those shows are thought of as being grounded shows. Like they're very grounded in real humanity and the problems of normal people and dealing with poverty and crime and drug use and all that kind of stuff. And so I think somewhere along the line, somebody misunderstood that, like, you can be grounded and fit into a real world but then make all these exceptions for the superhero stuff because people are watching a superhero show. You know, like, Daredevil is full-on crazy when it comes to the powers that Daredevil has, but then everything else fits in within a real world. And I feel like they never had any problems with that early on, and so it's always weird to me now to hear somebody say, well, we've got to ground it for the audience. Daredevil is not particularly grounded. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I I joke about this all the time because there's always stuff with
2: these superhero shows where you've completely bought in to it being, you know, a blind ninja attorney fighting against gentrification. But then you have something, something. Everybody has their line somewhere, you know, be like, oh, but, you know, you would never have, you know, a high profile lesbian. Like in Jessica Jones or something like that. Um, but yeah, I totally agree about the, the no apologies for the the mystical elements.
0: All right. I think that does it for our news. Um, we're going to try something new now. Uh, this is usually the part of the show where we talk about the recent Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. But obviously, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not on anymore. We decided for the summertime, particularly as we lead into the Defenders, that we would do a ranking. Uh, We know you guys generally like movie rankings. I've listened to enough comic podcasts to know that uh, almost every podcast in the world has ranked the MCU movies. Uh, We do that sometimes on the website. But we thought uh, for the podcast, it would be kind of fun to rank the TV shows, and not just by show, but by season. And so Adam and Rhiannon and I have put in our lists of what we thought of Uh, various TV shows and the different seasons of the shows. We're going to start with number 11 this week, and we're going to keep on working, and that should bring us up pretty close to The Defenders, if not the week of, then the week before uh, Defenders comes out uh, with our number one show. And so each week, we'll reveal the next show on the list, and we'll just talk a little bit about our memories of it and what we did or did not like. So uh, This week, number 11, coming in dead last was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. Now this is a hard one for me because I definitely ranked this one uh, higher than either of you two did. So I guess uh, I'll let you guys start. What was it that you did not like about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 that has uh, put it here on the bottom of our list as we start this?
2: I felt very overwhelmed with care. And I've talked about this before with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I have felt I felt very overwhelmed with characters. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season three. And characters that in hindsight, I just do not remember. I mean, like Gemma's space boyfriend on the weird planet. Like there were also wonderful moments. I mean, there was great drama with. Gemma and her space boyfriend but in the end it just wasn't memorable and I feel like it went in so many directions that I just the show was just I I just didn't when I sat down to make my listing and trying to remember I I couldn't remember any reason for really liking it
0: Adam uh, what was your dislike though I have a very strong <laughs> guess what part of it was <laughs> Yeah,
1: no, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat, you know, I mean, it was just, it was, it felt like it kind of drug on, you know, that's why I think I like, um, how they did the pods this season was because last season was just, it felt way too long, you know, um, I didn't like Hive, um, yeah, I guess it's just Hydra fatigue. (laughs) Almost, you know, I just thought it was I don't know, too long. Boring? It was I don't want to call it boring, but it was at some parts. You know, Gemma going to another planet was cool. Um Yeah, but, you know, her boyfriend thing, that it looks kinda of interesting, but this I didn't like it. You know, it's I don't like maybe I don't have the uh patience or uh attention man but i just thought it was way too long of a season or the uh, the story went on way too long and then we kind of we uh um we lost lance and uh bobby you know quarter to halfway through the
0: season and i mean those are two of my favorite characters so we're all agree with you guys in a couple ways uh the thing i didn't like about this season is it was teased as the year that we were going to get secret warriors. And then we got secret warriors for approximately like three minutes and 45 seconds. Like even in the episode that they heavily teased uh, in the like ads as being the episode where the secret warriors finally happened. We just didn't get it. I mean, it was so cool when there was kind of this combo of the four of them and their powers. We had yo-yo and quake and Lincoln and Joey and they all were doing their own thing. Like I really liked that, but it really it felt like they teased that so much and gave us so little. So I did not um, I did not particularly like that part. On the other side, though, I think that some of the most memorable episodes of Agents of Shield came out of that season. I think the I mean a lot of people remember Gemma's uh, episode where she was kind of solo on that planet as kind of a standout. Um, I remember the finale of the first half of the season, the episode where Coulson crushes uh, Brett Dalton's chest, you know, like that was an episode that really sticks out in my mind. Um, There was the episode where we had the background of Malik, and we saw just like how terrible he was and the things that he did to his brother. I thought that that was really good. And then the farewell episode to um, uh, Lance and Bobby was another episode that I think really stands out in fans' minds is a great Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. And so... Really? Yeah. Really? People, people cried so much in that one. Really?
2: Like, I didn't, I didn't even really get it. I, I, I still don't understand why Lance and Bobby... Can't, uh, Lance and Bobby... What, why, why they can't just come back. I... So they revealed themselves as spies. They revealed themselves to spies. They went to the Russians. Where are they and why can't they come back?
0: Because you have to disavow them, right? It's like, um, did you ever watch 24? There was like Not this. Really. <laughs> there was this whole season where uh, he invaded a consulate. And the only way that they avoided war with China was for the U.S. government to hand China, him over to the Chinese. And then even after he was back, there was still like the threat of World War Three because attacking a Chinese diplomat is like a big deal and you can't just like put it under the rug. You know, it's so, like a, a shield agent killing a Russian is like grounds for war. So the U.S. government has to completely divorce themselves from him. You know, I think that's the idea. But. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly how you felt about it, so know, I'm sure sorry. there's other people who do too.
2: I'm glad you explained it to me now, because I was just like, okay, they can't come back. Okay. I didn't entirely get it.
0: Yeah, I think it's more due to the um, Bobby Morse's actress's contracts on other shows, because I think yeah, she's on yeah. the new, uh, she's on that new Galaxy Quest show, right? It's not Galaxy Quest, but basically it's Galaxy Quest. Um, Well,
2: and at the time, it was because they were going off to make Most Wanted.
0: Right. By the way, I know there's all these hackers in the world, and I would never encourage anyone to do anything illegal. But someday we need to see that pilot, right? Like, how good would it be to see if it was really... ABC will never let it get out, because it'll get out and everyone will love it, and then they'll hate ABC. But you know like I'd be really interested to see if it was a good show or not.
2: Well, and it was directed by the guy that's directing The Finale of Inhumans.
0: Oh. Oh yeah, I missed the, that in uh, the news. Yeah. Um Billy Gearhart. Yes. So because
2: when we were looking up his past credits, it had
0: that he had directed The Most Wanted pilot. And Marvel really trusts him. He's done like two or three finales now for Agents of Shield like more than half of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finales, I think, he has done. He's done some, uh, I want to say he did the final episode of Jessica Jones, maybe? Um, so, yeah, they really, they like him for sort of the big stakes final episodes. So, I'm excited for him to be on Inhumans. And uh, he did, yeah, Most Wanted as well. So, so that's the first one. Next week, we will talk about number 10 on our list. Um, obviously, there's four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., two seasons of Agent Carter. Two seasons of Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones that we'll talk about. So uh, tell us what you guys think. What are the best ones? What are the worst ones? And we'll be working our way slowly through our list until we get to number one right around the time the Defenders comes out. Before Defenders undoubtedly takes number one. As uh, as its own. So uh, for our main conversation, um, you guys know that these last few weeks, uh, there's not been obvious news to make a big conversation. And so we've been talking about different things we really care about. And uh, Rhiannon was thinking that we should talk about The Punisher. Uh, This is a show that is uh, pretty close to. I mean, I think it's finished shooting now. We're just waiting for a release date and uh, to finally see it. Uh, We got a little bit of news about it this week where there was some conversations by one of the actors about just kind of the passion that went into the project, and so we just thought that we'd talk a little bit about what we're expecting from the show and what might come from it, and just shine a little spotlight on The Punisher since it is not getting very much attention. I feel like it's very much flying under the cover of The Defenders right now, so uh, we wanted to start by just reminding ourselves a little bit of what the project is about, so Rhiannon, uh, we've asked you to go ahead and give us the update and remind us uh, what's the deal with this show, how many episodes, who's in it, all that kind of stuff.
2: This is going to come after the Defenders. So Defenders comes in August, but we still don't have a premiere date for Punisher. I assume if you're listening, you already know who Punisher is, that he was the character introduced in Daredevil Season 2 who, um, you know, guns down his enemies. But what we really don't know anything about is the plot and what's going to be, you know, we, we don't even really know that it'll be set in New York City. The Punisher's traveled around a lot. He's on the run. We know that he does interact with Deborah M. Wall as Karen Page. We know that she's in some of the episodes. We don't know if she's a love interest. We don't know if she's you know, helping him or what. We know that there is Micro, who in the comics was his helper, sort of, um, you know, getting him technology that he needs to carry out his vigilante justice. We know that Jigsaw is going to be um, in, in this, and that he's, you know, a uh, classic villain for Punisher. But we don't know how these characters and that's where I, I suggested this just because like we don't really know a whole lot about what the plot is going to be. So um the showrunner is I sorry I have the name. Uh Steve Lightfoot, who was the uh a writer and executive producer on Hannibal. So he's got some good experience with dark and um, complex characters. Uh, that's that's where we are. Ben Barnes is in it. We know that Rosario is not in it, um, and there was a, a well, and the Kingpin will definitely not be in it. Which, as we know, in Daredevil season two, the Kingpin and Frank Castle met up in Rikers. So I would understand if. You know, people expecting to see the two of them go at it in their standalone show, but not happening. So, um, you know, we'll probably have a couple few months after The Defenders, so it's probably going to come later in the year, but it is expected to come sometime in 2017. I just, I really think it's time to start thinking about Punisher because we've got to be seeing something for it dropping sometime soon just to start getting it in people's brains unless they are going to completely hold off on all of this until the defenders comes out
0: yeah it suggests to me that it's really i think we've tried it was 4 that jessica jones kind of time frame as far as release date uh in november a week or two before thanksgiving i really think that's very possible for this show because then they can wait until defenders happens even put a tease on the end of Defenders and still have three months to kind of build up the uh, the interest in the show. So uh, I think we're hoping uh, we're going to New York Comic-Con in October, and I think we're hoping that we'll maybe see the first episode of it if we wait in a really long line. Is that is that the hope? Um, I, I, yeah, well, it, it'll definitely be a
2: Punisher-focused Comic-Con. I... And probably, yeah, possibly with the first episode. Yes. So, I like uh, one of our listeners coined the term Franksgiving.
0: Yes. That it could be
2: Franksgiving. Yeah, Mike came up with that one. So that's, I just like that term. So I've been going with a Franksgiving idea.
0: Adam, do you have any hopes for the plot of this thing or kind of where you think the show should go? Man, I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but I don't like the Punisher that much. I uh, let me rephrase
1: that I don't like the comic book character that much. Um, he was the best part of Daredevil season two. Um, <gasps> but in terms of what was that gas for? What else was better?
2: Oh, I, I, I mean, there was still Matt Murdock, and eh. um,
1: Okay, but you know, I mean, in terms of plot, I mean, you know, I'm just talking yes. about, uh, I mean, how real is it that this cat keeps evading police and's not arrested and uh, stuff? You know, I'm just trying to think, um, cause sooner or later they would put like, he's got to be on like some watch list as the number one bad guy with the FBI or something, you know, one thing put out some sort of manhunt and stuff.
0: I don't know. I'm trying to remember, did they ever acquit him of killing the DA, or was that still hanging over his head at the end of that episode?
2: He's still on the run. I mean, Daredevil ended with him on the run. He was... uh, I don't know. Because they did kind of... I'm not sure, but I'm guessing he's on. I mean, I think the little bit of explanations that we've gotten, the little bit of log lines that we've seen for the series is that he's on the run. And when you look through the comics, I looked through today, just like synopsis of the comic book plots, and I think that's just part of his character. I'm hoping that what they make is the show is complex enough that he has his little moments kind of like Daredevil and Brett in season one where the cops have a chance to arrest him. But you know, the person he's just shot up is so incredibly evil that they don't want to or, you know, that they have that they make believable reasons for him not to be in in prison.
0: Yeah, as far as the plot goes, I think what I would like to see is um sometimes you'll get kind of these revenge plots where somebody's had something terrible happen to them and they create like their checklist of like the five or six people that they feel like need to die for what happened. Uh, This was actually like the narrative plot of the first like six or 10 issues of the most recent old man Logan comic where he like remembered the people that went bad in his future and then set out to kill them one by one. And I feel like that would just make a lot of sense on this show that he would go back and say, all right, who are the people that have put me in this spot in life? Uh, We know he's already killed the blacksmith, but it looks like there's kind of some more people in his um, his, you know, military group from when he was overseas and people that were involved in the killing of his family. You know, I think it would make a lot of sense for the narrative structure of the show that he's got a hit list of four or five people he wants to kill. And they almost create like mini pods that way of there's like so many episodes chasing this one person down and then another person, another person. Um, I, I just think that makes a lot of sense, uh, particularly for the character of, of, you know, where it's going. Uh, but I do expect that we're going to get a lot of origin story via sort of um, uh, flashbacks and all that kind of stuff uh, for how he became the guy that he's become. So uh, let me ask you guys about the tone of this. You know, Punisher has always been one of the more violent characters in the MCU, obviously, uh, or Marvel Universe. Um, they've also done a lot with like adult or max comics, um, where they've kind of pushed the envelope a little bit with it. Um, does this show need to be discernibly more violent than what we've already had with like say daredevil or, uh, can they kind of like, is that possible or is it necessary or would that even be a little too much if they went that way?
2: I think it's gonna be more violent. I mean, because it goes to Frank being an unapologetic killer. I mean, maybe not as gory, you know, maybe not heads being taken off with car doors, but I think we will definitely see bodies shot up in amazing ways. And in that regard, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't enjoy shows with a lot of shooting and um you know, blood splatter and stuff going on, so Maybe he can do the one-shot, one-kill thing, and we can have a little less of that. But I think it's going to lean more towards that Gatling gun that he had at the end of Daredevil.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be the... I don't want to say gory. I think it's probably going to be the most violent show we've seen yet. Um, but that makes sense, because that's who he is. He
0: shoots people. So,
1: yeah. Um I'm not I'm not I won't I I don't frown on it. I mean I don't wanna say gore, but probably, you know, I mean he probably won't shove someone's arm in the garbage disposal, um, like we've already seen. But
0: I anticipate a lot of shooting people, probably in the face and everywhere. Yeah, I just wanna I don't know, I just want it to make sense and to fit. Um, uh, I'm really I really don't like Every once in a while, I'll watch something on Netflix or HBO, and it feels like they're like, hey, we're not on network TV, so look at all these boobs, because we can show boobs! You know, like, it just, you know, like, there's like this 13-year-old mentality to the show of, we don't have censorship, so we're going to do stuff, and it doesn't mean anything. And so I just, I hope that um, the people in charge aren't like, this is a Marvel show where we can show more violence, so... It's going to be uber violent for no good reason. I just, I I hope that it's a little more developed than that. Those are my fears always with a character like this. That they're just uh, going to go that way for fun.
2: And that's why I wanted to bring this up. I mean, why I wanted to talk about it was like, what will the plot? You know, all of that violence without plot is just violence. But... And they've already told the story of him tracking down the reason for his family's death. Yeah. So what other secret, you know, how how many more stories can they tell to make all of this violence necessary? Is it going to be, I mean, is the emotion going to be in the side characters? Is it going to turn out that Micro is the real person we're emotionally drawn to?
0: Yeah, I think they could tease out some more, though, of uh, we found out that the blacksmith was related to his time uh, was in Afghanistan in the show. I can't remember if it was Afghanistan or Iraq, but um, I think they might tease out that plot line a bit more and they could even get into some really difficult but interesting storylines about what soldiers do when they're in war. And, you know, what happens when you have soldiers that, that cross certain lines and get into things they're not supposed to get into. And, you know, does military justice look like? And, you know, what is the effects of what we're doing overseas on both the soldiers we're sending and the people in the communities where we're sending them? Like, I think there could be a lot of interesting stuff that way that, frankly, is pretty risky stuff for Marvel to really get into, you know, to be honest in getting into those sort of more gray areas of morality when it comes to military and all that stuff. So I think that could be really cool. And I think that might be a way it goes that would still connect to his backstory, but would be a little different than than what we've seen so far.
2: That sounds great.
0: Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Karen Page being in this. Do you want to see a lot of Karen, a little bit of Karen? And um, are they allowed to share some of the Karen backstory or uh, should we have that saved for Daredevil?
2: I don't expect to get the Karen backstory. I really kind of, I mean, the little bit that we could see of what was going on. There were a lot of set photos of her on set the first few episodes, but then there wasn't. I mean, and she was still in town, but they started filming Defenders at about the same time. So I don't know, know if maybe she switched over to Defenders and we don't see her as much on Punisher after that point. My prediction is we'll see a bit of Karen in the beginning to sort of humanize him. And to give some of the backstory for folks jumping into the series that haven't seen Daredevil or something in that regard. I... Maybe they'll try a romantic relationship. Maybe they won't. I don't expect it to go anywhere if they do. And I expect that she's going to sort of walk away from him. But I don't know. Maybe we will get some of her backstory with him.
0: Yeah, I really don't. I don't want the romantic storyline at all. Part of it is I feel like the Netflix shows are a little soap opera-y with the way they do romantic relationships. Like at this point, Claire fell in love with Matt and Matt fell in love with Claire, but that didn't work and then foggy wanted to be with with uh karen but then karen wasn't with him but instead karen got with matt but that didn't work out cuz karen was cuz electro was with matt but then she also had a thing with Dare, uh, with punisher that hopefully is platonic but maybe it's not and then luke cage has been with misty but he's also been with claire and he's also been with jessica jones and you know like it's just like I don't, I don't want to get to a point where there'll be 10 Defenders characters in the room and literally every one of them has been in bed with every other one in the room. You know, like it just, it's too much. Like, come on guys. These people should have some sort of, I don't know, relationships more than just like whatever's convenient that moment in the writer's room. I mean,
1: relationship, people like the relationships for the most part. You know, I don't, I don't want to see, I mean. I don't want to see, I don't know, I don't think that's who Punisher is, uh, Frank Castle. You know, I don't think he's the, um, one, I don't think he's that's he's as charismatic as, uh, one Luke Cage, um, but, I something will probably end up happening between him and Karen. I just hope it doesn't make Frank not Frank, you know, um. And tame him, any. He... So I think we'll probably see something. I I don't I don't want to, but I do like your uh, your deal about all the defenders in the room and them pretty much <laughs> uh, sleeping with each other. That's uh, kind of where it's heading right now.
0: All right. So with generally with Punisher, do you guys have any other kind of thoughts on this subject? Anything else you want to talk about as you look ahead to Punisher coming out later this year?
1: How many people do you think he will kill?
0: Ooh, the kill count on the this kill one? Count. What's going to be the kill count? Oh, I'll say 160 over 13 episodes. Because there'll be one scene where there'll be like 40 people. He'll finally get that minigun going. So I'll say 160 for this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess if he has the the, the big gun... I'm going to say three times whatever we're calling Daredevil Season 2's kills. Because he went on some killing sprees in Daredevil.
0: Yeah, we need to get Charles to do a a supercut of all the Punisher kills in Daredevil Season 2. That yeah, would... so
2: we can count them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like a thing, you know. Um, I know Mr. Sunday Movies, I think, does this, where he does kill counts of uh, characters in movies. So
1: I was thinking 150, but since you said 160, I might have to... Uh... <laughs> I might have to pr- that's Pices exactly writings. what I was going to say. I might have to prices yeah. write it and go with one sixty one or one
0: yeah I, I thought you were going to prices right me. I thought that was going to happen. I'll do I was really thinking one fifty nine and one sixty one were gonna be your two guesses. so, so I will go with one sixty one for the record. Oh, well, we're uh, excited to see it, I think uh it'll be interesting. you know we're just talking about how Marvel always is expanding out uh their base of people to watch shows and I think that there is some interest for a show like this um, that is is out there, and I think they could get some new audiences with it, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, for me, it's almost like a kickoff of uh, Netflix has not talked about their shows as a phase system like the films have, but to me, next TV season is the kickoff of a new phase of Marvel TV. We're going to have lots of new shows. We're going to have Runaways. We're going to have New Warriors. We're going to have Cloak and Dagger, excuse me, we're going to have Inhumans, and um, then you put in with it Punisher being the first Netflix show that's not within that original contract, and so it really is a new era of of Marvel TV, I feel like, starting in the fall, so that's going to be interesting. All right, well, here's uh, the um, mail that we got. I'm going to read through the YouTube comments and through the website comments. Uh, if you commented via Twitter or Facebook, I'm sorry. We're just not going to grab those this week. But we appreciate yeah. everybody going in. Uh, did I miss something important?
2: No, just right before we went on, somebody saying, I want my Inhumans trailer.
0: Yes, Shelby, your, your compatriot on podcasting. <laughs> yes. She really wants it back. I really, you know, again, I'd rather have a finished trailer than just any trailer. But yeah. <laughs> yes. I can appreciate that. Um. It is weird to have something coming out into IMAX and being three months out and not knowing what that's going to look like, you know, like it just is kind of bizarre. All right. Going to uh, YouTube for comments um, from Swan Pride. Grimm and Stargate did well on Friday nights, as did Fringe. Uh, genre shows in general do pretty well there. And the new slot is certainly not worse than the current slot, which Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has. Every show which has aired there has died, so it can't get worse. Friday night will mean people don't have the can't-watch-it-late-because-they-have-to-get-up-early problem anymore. So, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have heard from Joseph, who helps on the website, that um, that Tuesday night slot that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had this year, uh, it's not the death slot on other networks, but ABC has killed about a dozen shows in the last 15 years in that spot. And so uh, there is some thought that Friday uh, for Inhumans can't be worse than what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had currently. DWG slash 91 said, great video. Thanks. We appreciate it. Uh, Kevin Carter commented on YouTube and had a question. And basically, uh, the question concerns Michelle, uh, the character played by Zendaya on Spider-Man Homecoming. And he was asking if we think she's Mary Jane Watson. Um, So she's done this thing that feels like a really coy, but not really clever idea where people say, are you playing Mary Jane Watson? And she goes, my character's name is Michelle. And it's like, yes, Michelle Jane Watson. And she's like, my name is Michelle. So it's going to be MJ, right? I mean, this seems pretty clear at this point, I would think. Uh, I don't think they cast her given her relative popularity with younger people. I don't know who she is. But apparently she's relatively well-known amongst the uh, set of millennials that used to watch Disney shows 10 years ago, five years ago. Um, I don't think they cast her for um, for no reason. I think they want her to play a significant role. And I don't think they're going to write a new love interest for him. So I think it's very possible that she is going to be MJ. But uh, we'll see from here. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's going to happen.
2: I just keep thinking that Marvel, like, Feige plays the long game. And I would not be surprised if, I mean, if Mary Jane doesn't show up until, like, the third Spider-Man movie. Or, you know, way down the road. Because they are wanting this Spider-Man to last a long time. They're wanting to get a lot of plot out of him. So if they have him play around in high school and then she ends up being a college lover, you could still have Zendaya as a major character and have her around a lot in these two movies and then move on to the real love of his, of his life in movie three, movie four.
0: Um, it could be. I, I guess my thing is Kevin Feige only knows that he gets to make two of these. And I know people have sure. talked a lot about the long game Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, does even Marvel make plans for a fifth or sixth sequel? Like, even Iron Man, as popular and as high-selling as Iron Man has been, only got three movies. They're not making an Iron Man 4, to our knowledge. And so, I just, I know that there's a lot of thought that, you know, Kevin Feige has, like, a six-movie Spidey epic in his mind but I'm not sure if that's reality or if that's what we just wish would happen because he's got a deep enough rogue gallery. Like we talked last week about Craven's last stand as a storyline and how that would only really work if we had it in the fifth movie in a series. So I, I get the desire to see lots of these movies. I'm just not sure if that's what we're going to get or not. So I think it'd be interesting to see it play out. Uh, Simon Shepard gave us some ideas for some Dr. Strange storylines. He said the War of Seven Spheres or Mystic Arcana. He says he wants a bunch of Elder Gods, Great Old Ones, and other crazy mystic beings slam into each other. Uh, Also, a journey demanded by Osh I have to be honest, I have no idea what any of that means, but that sounds awesome. I think that Scott Derrickson should get you as uh, his advisor, because I actually don't know what any of that is. Um, (laughs) All right, now here's the good idea I had, guys. Uh, So I think this is from our buddy Jackhammer because it's the same um, username that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, And he was saying, I would really like to hear us talk through the loose threads of the MCU. And he gives this long list of things that the MCU set up but never finished. And I think this could be a really fun podcast where we just sit around and we write endings to all of the loose ends that never got finished in the MCU. Does that sound like something you guys would want to do? One absolutely. Week? Absolutely. All right. It won't be next week, Jackhammer, because we've got, um, I think Rhiannon will be out next week, but one week soon coming up. We'll do that. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and send us the list so
2: that we can be preparing. Cause this is one that we need to actually prepare.
0: for. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's on YouTube, but I'll copy and paste it to you guys too. in, in, in our conversations, but yeah, absolutely. All right, um, to the web page. Uh, Chris had a lot of different thoughts about this. Um, he mentions how Avengers got together over a couple of days, so it doesn't have to worry about the Defenders getting to work together over a couple of days. Um, Deathlock, uh, he misses as well, but he thinks part of the problem is the actor works too much who plays Deathlock, which may be the case. I don't know about that. Uh, and he said he enjoys the, po- uh, the, the podcast and the site. He doesn't waste his time with fools. So thank you very much. He was saying that he'd like to see secret invasion as a storyline. Uh, then Simon Shepherd, who I think I just mentioned on the YouTube, uh, was on our website and was saying that he would like to see some more small scale stories. And he talked with Adam about the vision. Which I was amazed you didn't mention last week, Adam. A Vision uh, movie seems like it would be totally up your alley.
1: I know, but I always talk about it, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do it already. I mean, why is it not in production? But, yeah, I mean, that's, damn, that would be so good. It would be the perfect thing for Netflix if they could get Paul to go
0: to Netflix. I mean, oh, man, how good would that be? That would be perfect. I'd like it as a Netflix movie, actually. Yeah, I mean... Like, I'm not sure if it's 13 episodes, but, like, a Netflix movie would be good.
1: Yeah, it'd be real solid. You know, it's it's the thing, you don't... I mean, you pick up the first issue of that run, you don't think... I mean, it's going to be dark or anything, but, I mean, as dark as that gets, it's almost... It's hard to explain. It's, it's dark and innocent at the same time, but it's a thriller,
0: but it's, I, it's great. It's so good. Uh, Anthony Collado says, fun podcast and good discussion. He wants to see a Spider-Girl movie where Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst are Mayday's parents. Uh, Anthony, I, I don't think I agree with you because I'm not sure I ever want to see Tobey Maguire ever in a movie again. But um, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for sharing, sharing your thoughts. Uh, Fanomir talked about some of the things that he would like to see. Uh, he'd like to see alternate identities for people like Steve Rogers as Nomad, Clinton Barton as Ronan, Scott Lang as Giant Man. Uh, some of those things might happen because last we saw, those people are all on the run from the law. So that could possibly still be part of Infinity War. Uh Alvin was mentioning that Colson's skull looked different than Robbie's skull when he was a ghost rider. Uh and that's really interesting. I think there may be something to that visually. Uh so anyways, we really appreciate when you guys interact with us on the um anywhere that you interact with us, if it's on the website, if it's on Twitter, um Michael Ford also sends us a lot of great stuff on Twitter. Uh I just don't have time to share all that stuff, but that's great. Uh, You can use at hashtag MCUXPod, M-C-U-E-X-P-O-D. You can also leave comments on the website. You can leave comments on the YouTube videos. When those go up, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's actually the most helpful thing you could do if you'd like to keep the podcast going and encourage more people to listen to it. Also, just tell your buddies about it and tell your friends about it. That would be awesome. Uh, these are all ways that you can support our podcast, and we love interacting with you guys. If you have thoughts about what you'd like to see out of Punisher, please leave those comments for us. And uh, if you have any uh, dangling plot lines that you want us to finish writing, uh, we'll do that in a couple weeks. So go ahead and start sending those in. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Guys, go ahead and share your details and where people can find you, and we'll be done. You can
2: find me on the Twitter as Shot of ShotOfPatrone. And I'm also popping down to MegaCon in Orlando this weekend. I will be there on Saturday only. So if you're going to be there, pop me a little note on Twitter. Um, Or, I mean, I guess you wouldn't recognize me if you see me walking around. But um, anyways, that's me.
1: I am on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. Yeah, we have a good time. We pretty much talk all the time
0: about all the stuff. So follow us all. And I'm at Caleb A. Borchers. I believe I got one follower last week. Uh, I'm up to 36. Yay! I think it was the Mighty Pengu, actually, who uh, sometimes leaves comments and stuff. So, But anyway, um, yeah, so you can follow me there. That's where I do lots of my MCU talking, and I would love to do more of it. So uh, feel free to jump on. Uh, like I said, next week we may be coming to you on a Monday morning uh, instead of a Friday morning. But we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date. I'll probably put a little post on the website if we do make that decision. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Keep on tuning in and supporting the podcast. Uh, we love the fact that you guys interact with the show. We do it because we like people listening to it. So thank you for your listenership. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.